Anne, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. And now we are on to the holidays. It's Black Friday. Everybody's out getting their, you know, deals, trampling people for TVs, the American way. I like Black Friday. I'll do online. Forget about it. I, or please, I already bought like some makeup that was, I, I get sucked in and this is why I have no money. I do know that about you. Yeah. I go, oh, well, if it's 30% off something I don't need anyway. Right. Go get it. Let me get two. Anytime you say you're going to Madewell, I go, there it goes. She's not coming out empty handed. <laughs> There's no I, way. Well, the only thing I like there anymore is their jeans. Fair case in point. Yeah. The rest of the clothes looks like um, Little House on the Prairie-ish lately. They need a new oh. designer in there. All right. Well, this week, Anne, we are heralding in the holidays with a film that is on Netflix right now. Yeah. Everybody's talking about it. It's Lindsay Lohan's comeback. It sure is. And I, for one, think it's long overdue. I kind of agree. And I never really thought about Lindsay Lohan. But then when I saw her in this movie, it made me happy. Is it Lohan or Lohan? Because I've heard it both ways. Oh, I always thought it was Lohan. I always say Lohan too, but I've heard her say Lohan. Really? She's from New York. I feel like it should be Lohan. I would think so too. But either way, Lohan, Lohan or Lohan. <laughs> I'm thrilled she's back. I think it's long overdue. This is That's Outrageous and I am Chrissy. I'm Anne and this is the podcast where at one point I will yell about women being treated unfairly. (laughs) That is a guarantee. Yes. All right, Anne. Well, first up today, well, speaking of women, here we go. (laughs) speaking of women this is a very uh this is a feel-good story okay that's good that sounds promising yeah a man was scuba diving with some friends in california yeah and i guess what happens a lot is like people have oxygen problems when they scuba dive you know Uh, they sure i wouldn't know because the idea of scuba diving is terrifying to me and i won't do it but yes yeah and this man blacked out in the water. He was oh, he was with friends, so his friends started yelling, "Help!" He blacked out. Now this is the part that's very interesting. There was a group of women, literally in the water, dressed as mermaids, who wound up coming to his rescue. Just like in Splash, they the the men were like, "Are we seeing things?" Like this, three <laughs> mermaids came swimming up. Like, is it a mirage? Is it, are they the sirens of the sea? Yes, exactly. But it's this, it was actually, it was a training session. Why they dress up as mermaids, I'm really not quite sure. But this woman was teaching an advanced mermaid course certified by the Professional Association Association of Diving Instructors. So where were they? I'm picturing them out in the open sea, but were they in like contained pools? No, they were, they were in the open sea. They were closer to land. You have to learn how to be, I always thought whenever people are mermaids, it's usually like they get hired for parties or they swim around in like bar pool tanks in Vegas and stuff. I know. Well, this is the thing. It's like this group that is certified for rescue. That's that. I don't, again, why they dress up as mermaids. I don't know. There's a lot, a lot going on here. 
Yes. However, they quickly, and I guess those mermaid tails really do help you swim faster. Yeah. They got out to them very quickly and they started doing, um, what, you know, this, the scuba gear itself is very heavy. Yeah. So they started, they were able to get him out of his scuba gear. And then one of them still in the water started doing mouth to mouth resuscitation. That's amazing. Cause you can't, I do know that you can't quickly come up because then you get the bends. I, yeah, I think something like that was happening. There was something with his oxygen and he blacked out. And so they gave him one of them, sorry, gave him mouth to mouth resuscitation and he came to, which they also were literally describing the film splash. Right. And the other two guys were like, this is incredible. This group of mermaids is here. Like my fantasies of of like a seven-year-old boy are coming true to life. (laughs) Yeah. And then they, the, the group of them got him to shore where his life was saved. They're like, they didn't think he was going to live. That's amazing. But the woman, the main woman said, I hope this incident helps the mermaid community get the respect we deserve, as well as show others that it is a serious sport. Oh, a sport. Maybe there is a thing where it's, they race or something. I don't know. I'm only, whenever I picture women in the mermaid tales, it's always like hot women swimming around for ambiance. Yeah. Maybe they have to do that since they're all like performing in the water. I'm sure it's for one. I don't think they're like the Coast Guard who's going out on rescues. It's probably because if one of them gets into distress. Maybe. It's like my old gym class where I had to wear the jeans into the pool. (laughs) Right. Exactly. (laughs) If only he had said, throw on these, this mermaid (laughs) body. Oh, anyway. It's, it's a nice, and there, and someone was like taking pictures, which is very funny. Cause you just like, you just see these mermaid tails trying to help. And then they people. fell in love. That part didn't happen, but in my mind it did. Okay. All right. Here is another one. And I'll tell you, TikTok is a wealth of information. <laughs> oh brother. Yeah. That's quite a statement. A man had a desire to play. Now this is, <laughs> this is very niche. He wanted to play a dead body on CSI. Oh, I saw this story on the Drew Barrymore show. Oh, you did? I did. Because, you know, we do the same as Drew with the news. Drew's news. That's Drew's news. Yes. Yeah, I did see this story. So he literally every single day made a TikTok of him appearing to be dead in various places. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, in a field, at the bottom of the staircase, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, it was kind of cute. And he, and his whole thing, he would say, I I'm doing this because I want to play a bit dead body on CSI. <laughs> yeah. The dedication, you know, to really commit to it, it just goes to show you, you know? Well, CSI actually saw this TikTok or at least got wind of it. And they hired him to play a dead body on CSI Vegas. I love it. And there's photos of him getting his makeup applied because they have him in the body bag, like with the autopsy scars, you know? Oh, that scares me. Like how people agree to be in body bags. I don't think I could do that. No. The whole thing scares me. And Drew was saying how, because she's had to play dead in some movies, how it's like really difficult to play dead because you have to control your breathing. And she, I think she was saying like, she always has to be dead with her eyes open because with her eyes closed, they flutter too much. Oh, these things you don't think about these involuntary reactions from your body. Well, he did this for over 300 days straight. And he said he got the idea after he spotted a woman who posted about hot sauce every day until she got offers from hot sauce companies. 
but I still don't understand how that works. Like how do that, how does it make its way to the hot sauce people? And how did this make its way to the CSI people? And this is why this podcast, Christy, has not become successful yet. <laughs> I don't know. Like I, how does it get there? Do you just start sending it, like tagging all the companies? Did he just tag CSI every day? Oh, maybe, possibly. Well, listen, he did it every single day for over 300 days. And I think then these things just sort of start to snowball, let's say. Okay. Plus, like you said, I they posted a few of them here. It is kind of funny. I mean, there he is in the field and like a sheep comes over to him. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for him. I think that's sweet. And I'm glad he is his... Um... His dream came true to play a dead body on CSI. Yeah. And did it in under a year. Good for him. Next time he can be like, can I get a speaking part? Well, he was thrilled because Mar- Mario Van Peoples was the director and he got to meet him. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah. Well, there you go. All right, Anne, our last story. I only picked this one for you. Let me just say this because I oh. find this story completely ridiculous, but I have a feeling <laughs> that you might like it. Okay. So there's a house in Texas that a woman owns, but she just rents it out constantly. Okay. She doesn't live in it. She was told by several of her renters that the house is haunted. And not only is it haunted, she thinks it's haunted by sexual ghosts. Oh my. Apparently someone was in the shower. Sexual ghosts. And they heard someone saying, looking good. Hey, at least it was a compliment. Yeah. She says that she believes the home has many different types of ghosts. <laughs> we've got kids, we've got old people, and we've got hookers. What a combo. She says the most common one is hookers. She says that male renters have told her they felt somebody stroking their face, their arm, or their shoulder. And they probably left out penis. Hmm. Uh, they're trying to stir up business, she claims, but they can't figure out a way to conclude the transaction so nothing ever happens. <laughs> I mean, what were those guys complaining about? <laughs> it's a rent perk. And the crazy thing about this story is I actually saw it on more than one site. Well, it sounds like it's true because if it's multiple renters who didn't know each other and they all had experiences, I don't know. But what's interesting is that it's multiple ghosts and different, like maybe it's some sort of vortex. You're talking about this, like it's actually happening. I think this is all just drummed up to make a story. I believe, of course, I believe it's happening. I've lived in two haunted houses. I know you say that. I don't think that there's a such a thing as a, pro, do you think there's such a thing as a prostitute ghost? Well, I mean, there are definitely prostitutes that are ghosts. I don't know if they're drumming up business, perhaps. I mean, you always hear stories about ghosts like laying down in bed with people and like. You do? Yeah. I don't hear stories. I watch, I watch a lot of ghost shows, but ghost telling shows. I don't like the ones where people are chasing people around with meters and stuff because those are boring. But yeah, I think, I think if that's what you did in your, that was your trade and you don't know you're dead, you're going to keep trying to like do your trade. So do you think this house in years ago was a brothel? I don't know. What throws me off is that they said there's multiple different types of ghosts, like children and old people too. Children, old people, and prostitutes. What a house. There's worse things. (laughs) I don't know. I think, I mean, I, I believe it. 
Maybe it's all possible, but you're asking me, do I think it's possible that that house was haunted with ghosts? Yeah, of course they do. Well, I knew you'd like it. That's why I picked it. I was like, I read it and I was like, this is so stupid. And they go, but you know what? Anne will like it. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Anne. Now let's move on. I didn't have any holiday-ish stories, but let's move on to the holidays. I mean, yeah, enough about prostitute ghosts. Prostitute ghosts, mermaids. There's something. There's a there's a crossover event. That could, a, that could be a good movie. Haunted by my mermaid. Ooh. All right. We are going to talk about the movie called <laughs> Falling for Christmas. Yeah. Falling for Christmas. Netflix, you know, holiday. It, it hits every formulaic note for these types of movies. She in this case, she's like a hotel heiress, but it's like rich woman who has everyone do everything for them has to then experience small town life it's like it's in all of these movies they always seem to appreciate learning how to make a bed i've noticed yeah well like it's always about domestic chores right and how you can find satisfaction in domestic chores a a sense of community yep community is always big yeah there's always like a community rallying around yep uh there's always a widowed father I know so many women die young in these things. Yeah. There's always a widowed father, you know, it's, it hits every note. Yeah. This film. Okay. So it's starring Lindsay Lohan as Sierra Belmont. Mm-hmm. Her father, Jack Wagner, you know, that was my, I mean, nothing made me happier. Yeah. That was a combo. He plays Beauregard Belmont, which is quite a mouthful. And you, and you know, my refrain, which I say a lot from old Dune. My only issue is that there wasn't enough Wagner. Yeah, it really just opened and closed with Wagner. He was completely gone from the middle. Yeah, I wanted Wagner in every scene. Yes, that might have been a little overkill, but. Oh, you know what I think it is? I think it's, this is how you know you're getting older is because in my mind, Jack Wagner would have been the owner of the small town in. Jake Russell. You know what I mean? Like it's to me. That's what I want. I don't want a 20 year old. I want Jack Wagner to be the lo- the man, the love interest. Yes. And in this case, the love interest is played by Cord Overstreet from Glee. Yeah. I didn't watch Glee really. So I don't really know him. I didn't watch Glee either. And I didn't think he was a great choice for this part because he didn't he was very vanilla, which is what I think they like for these things. But I think he was a little bit too vanilla in that I didn't see any reason why they would be a couple. No. Yeah. I feel like in a lot of these movies, they really do cast the male role, like almost like a blank slate. Like yeah. they kind of don't even matter. Right. Usually about the woman and, and, and her, you know, realizing that you know, love is all that matters. So give up your career for like the widowed dad and go like make beds and they're in. Yeah. Although I will say I watched, um, a little, you know, extra piece with Lindsay Lohan and Cord Overstreet and they seem like they got along very well. I mean, it, you know, I'm not saying that they didn't seem like they liked each other, but it didn't seem like they'd be romantically interested in one. There was no chemistry. Correct. Um, and then her, Lindsay's fiance is played by George Young and his character's name is Tad Fairchild. Yeah. So this movie is really like a mashup of the real life Paris Hilton and 
the film Overboard. Yes, it's Poor Man's Overboard, but for the holidays without the crimes. And without the knowing deceit. There's not any knowing deceit. Yeah. I will say when the opening scene that's supposed to, I guess, show that she's, I don't know, a diva is when she has the eye mask and she's sleeping, you know, in the bed. And I said, that's how I sleep. And that's how I woke up this morning. (laughs) Oh, well, that's good. It's good for wrinkles that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it starts with, there's two things happening. Sierra is going to see her father at his hotel in like some. Yeah, where was that supposed to be? Like some sort of mountainous ski town? I think it was supposed to be like Aspen or something. Yeah. Where he owns this hotel. Rich ski town. Yeah. And he is trying to bring her into the family business. He says that he has appointed her to be the vice president of atmosphere. I would take that job in a minute. Which she, which she immediately recognizes as just a ridiculous title. And basically he's going to pay her to do nothing. Right. But here's my question already from that is so that we see the scene, she wakes up immediately, you know, the full staff is at her attention, literally feeding her with a spoon caviar in her mouth and yeah. taking the glass of champagne to her lips and dressing her. So, well, cause they're also doing her hair and makeup at the same time. Right. But who's paying for that? Her father, because she obviously does not have a job. So the fact that she's like, I don't want to take this job because he's just giving it to me to make me feel better. He's already supporting you in a very lavish way to begin with. Very lavish. I didn't understand that. It wasn't like I need to make it on my own. Like she was literally being fed caviar into her mouth. That's true. Being treated like a baby. Yes. Yeah. Well, and then her fiance, well, not her boyfriend shows up. Uh, Tad, and he is a very shallow social media influencer who constantly is filming himself, even as he's like talking to her on the phone or whatever. He's coming up in a limo, and this is this is the man that, of her dreams. Let's say at this point in time, yeah, he's constantly posting things and being like, "I'm trending." And what I realized in there, so I guess she's not supposed to be famous. She's not theoretically a Paris Hilton she's just a wealthy you know daughter of wealthy heiress I guess I think for him it does help that he is dating her because she even if she's not Paris Hilton she comes from a very well-established family yeah well-established and and wealthy now at the same time Cord Overstreet whose name is Jake has a struggling in as one does naturally and he comes to Beauregard to pitch an idea where he would Beauregard would invest in his in right thanks for no thanks kid he's very nice about it here's the thing here's another thing is it Jack Wagner in this film from top to bottom is nothing but lovely he's not like a cutthroat businessman he's like perfectly nice a very loving wonderful father right and his scenes with Lindsay Lohan are very sweet where they yes. talk about the mother that's died and you know he's so proud of her and blah 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 so that's the only thing that I kind of was like doesn't make sense because on the one hand they have her being fed the caviar and being dressed and walking around and acting very diva-esque but then in the same token she's very loving and lovely and seems very down to earth and kind with the father so it's an interesting thing going on there it's like they want to have it both ways yeah he's not yes he's not he's not playing the stereotypical aloof successful father no he's like the best because he's Jack Wagner. Because he's Jack Wagner, baby. So as he, so he immediately turns down Jake 
And as Jake is leaving, he collides with Sierra. Right. And spills food on her uh, hot couture outfit. (laughs) Yeah. Now, this is the major plot hole in this story. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Because he bumps into her, let's just conservatively say, at two o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) By five o'clock, she's had this ski accident and amnesia, and he's at the hospital. Makes sense that she doesn't recognize him because she has lost his memory. Why he has no, not even a glimmer of recognition of her makes zero sense. I don't know, Chrissy, because that's happened, happens a lot to me lately. I will meet people and I full don't remember. You can just have me the other day. You were there. And I'm, and I'm like, I don't. Yeah, but this was all the same day. There was not another day. Sometimes you see somebody and you can go, they look kind of familiar, but you maybe you passed them on the street one day. Like, you don't, it wasn't like they, I don't know. I can, I agree with you, but I also can see in the context of finding her not glamorous, maybe he doesn't make that connection well he sure doesn't so so yes so she and tad go off to the top of a mountain because he wants to propose to her he does propose to her of course he has to videotape the whole thing right oh did you you know i will say the one part that's cute in that part where they're driving they have on the radio and she's singing along to rocking around the christmas tree which was like a mean girls moment yeah, he he proposes to her and then this sort of snow squall comes in and they both lose their footing and go flying down the mountain, but in different directions. Well, the snow squall happens because of yet another thing in all of these movies, which is the wise Santa who's right. granting a wish. There's always the real Santa who happens to be in whatever town. And we see Cord Overstreet's little daughter with the grandma make her Christmas wish. And then, you know, as she puts it on the tree and the Santa gives a wink and then always there's a breeze that will start. The breeze, you know, makes the wish, I don't know, take take effect. So yeah. that breeze is what causes <laughs> Lindsay Lohan to go overboard. Yeah. Literally and figuratively in terms of story. Yes, both of them, both her and her fiance, they go in different directions. <laughs> now, the fall that they show is insane they would have been dead within the first tumble and yet they tumble each tumble probably 10 times and then land on a tree she goes literally headfirst into a tree trunk if that's the only thing she hit she was doing these crazy somersaults all the way down i'm like this woman is there's no way anyone's surviving this i mean not a bone broken and it's the all a lot of that hitting the things you know yeah. Yeah. She would have had, you're telling me she doesn't have a broken arm. She doesn't have broken anything or not even a scratch on her face. She not a scratch on her pretty face. Yeah. So he, so Jake Russell is out giving a, a sleigh ride to this couple from his inn and comes across her and calls for rescue. Yeah. She's brought to the hospital. Of course she's fine, but can't remember anything. And they're like, Oh no, what are we going to do with her? And of course, Jake says, she can come stay at my inn. Which is another insane thing because she at least goes, I don't know this person. He could be a full murderer. I'm not just going to be in, put in the custody of this strange man. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's Jake. He, he runs the inn up the block. It's like, he's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And they're like, at some point, someone will come looking for you and then we'll tell them that you're at Jake's. It's like, okay. 
And then her fiance comes to and, and he's fine. He's fine enough to walk around, knows who he is. He stumbles. Now this is, this was weird. I thought he stumbles upon a guy uh, in a fishing hut yeah. in the middle of nowhere. And it's very strange because I'll just give away a little bit of the ending because no one actually thinks she and her fiance are going to wind up together. But I thought that he was literally, I, this, and this is like a grizzled fisherman that he comes upon. Yes. I was like, is he flirting with this fisherman? It was a little bit, there was like a weird vibe going on in that hut. There was some sexual tension. Wasn't that a little strange? I liked it. It was like, at least it's interesting. Will they or won't they? I don't know. Yeah, I was like, he's presented as this very metrosexual, high fashion influencer. And he comes upon a man who's probably 20 years his senior, full beard, knit cap, fishing in a thing. And it's like, are these two flirting? He was a bear. He was into it. Right, which became even more interesting because by the end uh the fiance winds up with the i guess he was like a hotel manager i don't even know what he was yeah he was like the like um what do they call it concierge yeah that just was a quick he's like oh Lindsay's dumping me all right i'm gonna go for the concierge he's fluid he's fluid yes so uh sierra winds up going home with jake and they don't know her name so they just so close they start calling her sarah right and the rest becomes very predictable this is where it's very much like overboard now she's in these sort of humble surroundings with this orphaned girl that she of course starts to have motherly feelings towards keep in mind though humble surroundings like that place looks nice it was nice i would be thrilled to go on a vacation in that place I agree. I don't, I shouldn't say it was humble, but it was, they kept saying it was on the verge of bankruptcy and on the verge of closing. Yeah. It was supposed to be like, certainly not as expensive as going to the Belmont uh, hotel. Yeah. The Belmont was like a very, you know, what do you want to call it? Like a mega hotel, mega resort. And the other one, I'm telling you, he could have saved costs by not putting a Christmas tree in every bedroom. (laughs) They love to do that too. And in, in all these movies, there's always, there's a Christmas tree in every room in the house. Yes. One you could save. Yeah. And so he then says to her now, unlike Kurt Russell in overboard, who knows exactly who she is and knows what he's doing. This guy presumably does not recognize her, even though he just bumped into her. And he says to her, well, maybe you should just, you know, you don't have anything to do. Maybe you could help out around her here. The doctor said, if I go back to doing just normal things, then maybe my memory will come back. Right. So he's like, great. You can start cleaning bathrooms and making beds. And also though, I mean, at one point he, um, she, she doesn't have any clothes obviously. Cause they, she was wearing her, her ski clothes and they took it off of her, but mysteriously he hands her a stack of clothing that all fit her perfectly. Yeah, well, I'm sure that those were probably from his deceased wife. Oh, you think he kept the dead wife's clothes? Yeah. Oh. Which is weird. But while she's there, you know, she recognizes that this place is struggling and she comes up with the idea to have a party to raise money to save the inn. 
can I just tell you, there's also a scene where the, the she and the and the dad and the girl all go to like the winter fair or whatever downtown when the, oh no the Christmas tree lighting that's what it is. It's a little small town Christmas tree lighting with it and the tree isn't even grand it's just like a normal little tree the tree lights up and the most expensive fireworks display <laughs> i have ever seen happens overhead i mean they could have just given this guy the budget for the fireworks the next year and he would have been fine i couldn't get over i was like those are like macy's level fireworks going on yes mm-hmm. well, I, I was like what a, what a what an interesting addition and the other thing is the inn is in trouble because no one's booking rooms there. And yet when she decides to throw this party, all of a sudden, all these townspeople show up and they have a million reasons why they should be giving him money and booking stays. And I'm like, well, why weren't they just doing this before? Exactly. They're like, you, you know, you gave this to us for free when we had no money. So here you go. And it's like, so you're just paying him back. Essentially. It's not even like you're giving him money. You're just like paying him. Right. And it just, it, there wasn't any clue that he was this altruistic, who knows what, all of a sudden, everybody in town is beholden to him for something. Right. And also they make it seem like the guy's been in business for 9,000 years. This guy can't be more than what, 30 something. Yeah. Like 35. And the one guy goes, you taught my son how to ski. And now <laughs> he's, remember that he goes, my son didn't know how to ski when he was small and you taught him. And now <laughs> He's in the ski patrol. I was like, how long have they been in business? His daughter's only like five or 10. Yeah, no, there's, there's some math. There's some mathematical issues. Yeah. I was like, he's been in business 10 years, max, max. Oh, max is right. And if he was teaching that kid that had to be 15 years ago. So what was <laughs> like, maybe he was 15. I guess that's possible. I don't know. That made me laugh. I'm like ski patrol, like the youngest yeah. ski patroller of all time. Yeah. They also all of a sudden declare the lodge a historic site so it can apply for grants. Right. I'm like, why didn't anyone look into that before this point? Oh, dumb. Yeah. So in the midst of this, so now it's like, oh, and they're like realizing their feelings for one another and are coming, coming to terms with that. And of course, when everything seems like it's all going to be great, who comes in but Tad and Beauregard? Can I see this? I kept you know, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, how much time has passed? Because like I said, she's in 50 different outfits. Yeah. She's planned full party. She's done, they've done a mil- I mean, it feels like weeks have passed and, and the amount of things they've done and activities they participated in and she's making flapjacks and yeah, doing been- cookies and wrapping gifts and doing, it seems like an enormous amount of time has passed. It was four days. I call bullshit. There's no way <laughs> he did all of that stuff in four days. Keep in mind, this is a woman who had a concussion to the point that she's lost her memory. And yes. you're telling me in four days, she has fallen in love, become a surrogate mother, uh, arranged for an entire party, learned how to make breakfast. Like, there's no way. She'd need one day of bed rest. She should still be in bed during that. You're not even supposed to have stimulation. She's 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 making beds. She's making beds 12 hours after <laughs> going headfirst into a tree off a mountain. Yeah. Four days is absurd. Four days. You're right. 
It is. She's done a lot in those four days because has. by contrast, Ted, who's been in the, the fishing hut, that's all he's done. He's yeah. managed to find his way to a fishing hut. And then he and that guy have their own misadventures trying to get back. But that's believable in four days. Like, all right, it took him four days to get back. That's all he did. That's all he did. And that's why I kept going, how much time? I don't understand how much time has passed. And then the sheriff, I guess he was, pulls up to the car. The guy who owns the hut's car sees the note that says the car's not working. We're going to, I'm, I'm going down the pass or whatever it was called. And he, the guy goes, <laughs> typical What's whatever the guy's name was? Typical Ray. Somebody send over some help. It's like the guy could be dead. They also arrest him once they find him. Because apparently he was a poacher. Yeah. But then, which I found insane, by that point, this is where it falls apart a little bit. By that point, Jack, Jack Wagner has come back to town for Christmas. It was Christmas Eve. He, the whole staff is like, we haven't seen your daughter. She didn't show up. We think she's off with Tad on a vacation. Jack Wagner's like, her bags are still here. Something's wrong. I'm going down to the police station. He's in the police station and enrolls Tad with the poacher. And they see each other. And he's like, oh my God, I don't know what happened to her. The the detective's like, oh, I can take you over to her. Yeah. How did the how did the guy, how did the sheriff know? Where she was, because he was at the hospital, remember, at the beginning. Oh, right. See, I already forgot. This is why I understand why. Yeah, you and Sierra. Yeah. Yeah, no, he was there in the hospital. That He was part of the decision to send her home with Jake. But what, okay, well, then I'll say this. Wouldn't the detective, I keep calling him a detective, wouldn't the sheriff immediately, the minute Jack Wagner walked through the door and said, my daughter's missing, why didn't he go, is she a redhead? I know exactly where she is. There, yeah, well, there's a lot. Yes, yeah. It's been yeah. a 20 second exchange, period. And again, this all happened four days ago. So it should be fresh in his mind. Yeah. I will like to know one casting thing. The guy who was from the town who tells Jake that his uh, inn is a part of the historic register. Yeah. He also played uh, so from the town, a realtor in Candy Coated Christmas. Oh, I didn't even notice that on Discovery Plus. Yes. I was like, oh my God, it's the same guy. I'm like, and he's basically playing the same role. When can I tell you this? I was watching the credits and I saw that Michael Damien was a producer on this movie. I kept waiting to see Michael Damien show up. Michael Damien used to be young, young and the Restless. Wow. And in the 80s, he remember that song, Rock On, and he did the remake of it. Or dream a little dream if you saw him you'd know him you'd go oh, that guy oh. so this time i'm waiting for michael damien no damien no um lindsey lohan's sister Allie, was in the movie as her stylist at the beginning she was i didn't see her yeah yep oh i missed Allie. yeah um so anyway so they come in they're like we found you hooray she goes off with them but it's that sort of longing look back at jake and he's like well i knew this basically couldn't last. it was too good to be true essentially i have to go back to my life now after four days <laughs> that i fundamentally changed as a person yes and then the daughter the precocious daughter uh tells her father that it was her wish for him to find love and convinces him to go seek her out yeah 
So he does. And I know this is the most PG movie of all time. I don't even think they kiss in this whole movie. Do they? Oh, the very, very end. Well, here's, and here's another little bit of trivia that I found, which I don't know what, and I don't know why this happened, but they do kiss at the very end. But you might recall, there's a very strong lens flare. It's like that, you know, everyone loves a lens flare, (laughs) but they did it on purpose because Cord Overstreet was kissing Lindsay Lohan's stand-in and not Lindsay Lohan. Why? I don't know. That's what I kept trying to find. Then I was like, well, why was she like, maybe she got COVID, maybe like whatever. Maybe it was like, I don't know. He was kissing the stand-in. Huh. That's weird. It is very weird. I, I, I don't know. There, there must be some reason because again, then that's why I was watching the interview between the two of them. Like they certainly don't seem to hate each other. It seems like they're friendly. It's not like she was like, I'm never going to kiss this guy. Yeah. But anyway, so, so Cord Overstreet kisses Lindsay Lohan's body double and they live happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. And then the boyfriend, the fiance goes off with the, with the other guy. And then the fiance takes off with the concierge. Yeah. I didn't really understand that character to begin with because he wasn't unlikable per se. He was, I mean, he was obnoxious and rude and stuff, but he wasn't, you know, typically they make the other boyfriend or fiance or whatever to be really terrible so that it's like a very easy call. And he's just kind of like a vapid person, which she was also. So they were on par yeah, he was nice to her. Like, I mean, there was yeah. no, there was no problem. No, he, it was superficial, but there wasn't like manipulation tactics in play per se. No. Like in a lot of these other ones where they make it very black and white, good and bad. I mean, the only thing I'll say is even when he proposed to her, she was happy, but she didn't seem like she really loved him. I mean, I think it just seemed like it was a good match, but yeah. not necessarily like a love match. Yeah. And Jack Wagner didn't care for him. No, he did not. Um, so I will say, I will give this a Muldeen. Like it was not a bad movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was enjoyable. Yeah. It's a Muldeen. It's a, it's a Muldeen. You know, it's, we've seen it all before a million times, you know, the Santa, there's a snow, there's several snow globes involved, the gusts of wind, right. Small town girl. I mean, everything it's, it's like what we've all seen 9 billion times, but what more do you want from one of these kind of movies? Yeah, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. Lindsay Lohan has gotten a lot of positive feedback and people are heralding this as her comeback. So we'll see. It's very nice for her and hopefully it'll lead to more more projects. I really hope so. I really do. I think I think she's she's got she's got more to give us. She's got more to give. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis was saying she would love to do another Freaky Friday with her, like do a part two, which would be cute. Yeah, listen, I think people are, are happy that she's getting her act together and is able to work again. She's not doing that weird British accent anymore. <laughs> was it British? She was doing an, un- at one point, she was, she had some sort of unidentifiable accent and she was living in Dubai. I think she still does live in Dubai. Oh, well, in real life, she got engaged during this movie. I think she's, she's married to the guy now, I think. Oh, are they married now? They got engaged because this was filmed a year ago. Yeah. There were certain angles where it looked like she had some unfortunate plastic surgery or fillers or something happening, but she, listen, she's been through a lot and she's on the other side, hopefully. She sure has. And those parents, oof. Yeah. And Jack Wagner, 
you know, I wish he could have been in it more. He didn't really get to showcase, you know, all that we love. No, but he played the, you know, he did, he did his job. He played the caring patriarch who was looking out for his little girl. Wore a lot of turtlenecks. Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you have an hour and a half to kill, this is not a bad way to do it. No, it's cute. And Cord Overstreet and Lindsay Lohan were in the same episode as Glee, but they did not work together. Yeah, that guy, I don't, I think any episode I watched of Glee, because I remember watching a few, it must've been, it was before he joined. But even though they were on the same episode, they had never met until they started working on this film. Hmm. Or maybe they did, and one of them can't remember. Aha. Aha. It was hard to see why she would be falling for him. Yeah. He, he was a very nice guy. Very, very nice. And also it was four days. And it was four days. Half of which a day was spent learning how to make a bed. And a lot of time was spent making pancakes. Yeah. Flipping pancakes. They love to always make people flip. It's like, she doesn't know the fundamentals. Maybe just use a spatula. Yeah, I don't know why you have to flip pancakes like that. Just flipping pancakes. What are, you, what, are you trying, what are you trying to prove? All they wanted to do was give a reason why he'd have to put his arms around her to help her. That's why. Right. Hold it with both hands. It's like, or use one hand with a spatula and flip it <laughs> normal. How about that? That's hard. <laughs> and keep your, and keep your distance. Ugh, Couldn't have worked out that way. No, but it was cute. It was cute. It was a nice kickoff for us. Yeah. And I think we're going to watch next. We're going to watch a Christmas story and it's remake. Well, Christmas story is on TV 24 hours a day. So, and now the remake is out. Is that what can I, I'm going to ask now because I've seen the promos, obviously. Is it supposed to take place in current day? I think so. I shouldn't call it a, I could, I should not call it. It's a sequel. It's not a remake. I think it's a sequel. A sequel. Yes. Because it's yeah. grown up Ralphie. Yeah. But it looks like they're dressed. It, I can't tell if it's supposed to be only like 15 years later, which would make that in the seventies, right? Cause the original takes place in the fifties or was it the forties? He was listening to, he was listening to radio shows in the original. That's true. You're right. So maybe it's not present day, but it's supposed to be however many years he's eight. I mean, it's more like 30 years, I think, isn't it? I would think so, but th- from the promos, it looks, the wife looks like she's dressed in normal clothes with hair from 2022. Oh, okay. So here's your answer, Anne. The, this movie is set in 1973. 73. Okay. Yeah. Well, someone needs to tell the hairstylist of the lady. Yeah. Wow. This is like, I think you wrote this. There's a review here. It said, this one was solid. Even better, it isn't one of those garbage Christmas rom-coms that get churned out this time of year. This sounds <laughs> like you wrote this. I, I didn't, but geez. We'll see. I'll be the judge of that. All right. I'll be the judge of that. Almost, to me, did not look compelling. I'm going to be honest. Well. And I like the original just fine. It's fine. It's not something I need to watch every year. And I do not. But people who love it, love it. All right. Well, we will have that next week. We got to watch both. Yes. You can't just go off memory for the first nope. one. Nope. Nope. Right. Double feature Christmas story. Will it hold up? Which one will be better? So many questions. Well, which one will be better will be the original. We know the answer to that already. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe not. It's gonna. That's going to be a tough one to top. All right. Well, stranger things happen. Look at the Godfather part two. That's true. Well, until then, good
good luck on your Black Friday shopping. Yes. Perhaps you're driving back now from a, a, a trip to the mall and you're, and you're nursing a wound you received from trying to grab the last PlayStation. Oh. But get some news foreign on it <laughs> and go and go. <laughs> Relax. Put your head up. Put your head up. Maybe you sustained a head injury like Lindsay Lowen. Put some ice on it and um, watch Falling for Christmas. Right. And if you don't remember that you listened to this, listen to it again, because we could use some more listens. <laughs> exactly. Outrageous.